This is the Horse Radio Network. Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1422, brought to you today by Coro. Today's tip features Horses in the Morning co-hosts Jamie and Glenn, and their guest is Dr. Siemens. And they are chatting about trailering horses long distances. And we'll get right to our tip after we hear from our sponsor, Coro. Have you shopped with Coro yet? Coro is the online retailer who is simplifying the way you shop horse care. With horse-friendly supplies and equipment to fuel your passion, they have everything from grooming supplies, barn supplies, to supplements and tack, and everything in between. They truly are the one source for all things horse. All of the products Coro sells and recommends have been tested for quality, so your horse only gets the best, which is exactly how it should be. They offer the best prices available, lightning-fast shipping, and convenient auto-ship for those products you purchase regularly. Visit Coro today at coroshop, that's C-O-R-R-O-S-H-O-P dot com, and use the code H-R-N for 10% off your first order. Do it today! It's time to bring our favorite veterinarian onto the show, Dr. Madison Siemens. Hello, doctor. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Now, uh, we were trying to connect on Zoom so I could actually see your face, but it didn't work out. So, sadly, I'm not going to be able to see it. The cosmos is trying to tell us something. (laughs) (laughs) Now, usually when we talk to you, you are in Idaho, but you are not there anymore. Tell us, give us an update on your life. We moved to, uh, I I spent my high school years in a little town called Rudoso, New Mexico. It's up in the mountains. Uh, Some of the most beautiful country in the world. And uh, I've just, you know, Lord opened some doors for us to be able to come back. And so we are back and uh, setting up a new practice here and spending a lot of time riding our horses and, and uh, just having a grand old time. It's just an amazing, amazing place. So I we're, feel, we're tickled. I feel like when you t- you posted that you were moving, you mentioned something about retiring. Yeah, I'm retiring back to I, I'm, I'm only working about 80 hours a week now. So I'm really cutting back. <laughs> yes, the life of a veterinarian never you never get a whole night's sleep for sure. Oh my I'm gosh. I'm gonna have my I'm gonna have my retirement party and my funeral on the same day just to save money. <laughs> that sounds like a good way to do it. Perfect. I'll be there hopefully. Um so <laughs> how's your lovely wife too? Is she adjusting to the to the because she's from Idaho, right? No, but she's she's originally from but uh, she's uh, she's definitely uh, been making the transition back to New Mexico. And, and uh, anytime you can just get her in a place where she can be on her horse, she's a pretty happy camper. See, that's a good woman right there. Just a good woman. Ooh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. She's a, she's a heck of a, a horse woman. She actually she won the, uh, the trail trials uh, competition at the Idaho Horse Expo last year. And so that, uh, she keeps my horses written down and, and so I don't have to worry about getting killed. You know, she's really a ham. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit today about hauling, hauling horses and z- stuff like that. But so I do adopt out a lot of horses and we have a map 
at Horse and Hound Rescue and we put a pin in it every time we adopt to a different location. And so far I have sent one to Idaho. I've sent three to California, three to Florida. Uh, I mean, again, I'm in the middle of Oklahoma, but recently congratulations goes out to a new adopter, Helena, who adopted one and she's in Rhode Island. So we were going to talk a little bit about hauling horses safely and getting them there in tip-top condition. So take it away. What do I need to write? I'm writing. I got a pen. I'm writing this stuff down. This one, this one, this one, <laughs> oh, I so appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, when you, when we start thinking about hauling horses, I mean, you know, there's everything we do with these guys is not at all even close to being natural, right? So, you know, putting one, putting a horse in one of these aluminum boxes and send them down a freeway at 80 miles an hour. I mean, that's, that's a scary proposition, no matter what we do. Right. So uh, from the psychological standpoint, I, I'm just going to leave that over to, to you guys and Buck Branham and those people would understand that a little bit better than I do. But from a medical standpoint, I think it's really important to understand the, the stresses these horses are subjected to. And I think it would be, it would be a real good idea. I think it ought to be a law that everybody that drags a horse trailer down the road should have to ride in one for 30 minutes, just 30 minutes. I think you will really understand what the horse is going through. And you'll also understand why a slant load trailer is so important because it allows that horse to balance as he's going down the road and making corners. But from a medical standpoint, we understand that that stress is kind of a generic term, but we know that that is a, a potential cause or, or additive cause of respiratory diseases, foot diseases, colic, all these things that stress can be, can be an additive factor. And so what I'd like to do is I would like to be able to limit that these stress levels as additive factors in, in other disease processes. So probably the easiest way to do that, let's just talk about respiratory crypt to begin with. I'm not a real big fan about putting shavings in a, in, a, in a horse trailer. Again, if you ride in one of those things, you will realize how much air is coming through those things and how dusty that is if you've got shavings in there. If you have to bed, then bed in straw. But uh, I, I just I think that what we're trying to do is just limit the dust in their environment. The second thing to consider is that stress will also allow these horses to become susceptible to the infectious respiratory diseases that are set up by viruses. Uh, I'm not a real big fan of lots of vaccines, but we've had a, uh, an intranasal flu rhino vaccine out for, oh, 20 years or more, and uh, I really like that vaccine. The, the reason that it works is because it, it, it actually... It, addresses a different part of the immune system than our traditional intramuscular vaccines does. We, uh, we know that we're trying to stimulate something called IgG antibodies when we're, we're dealing with West Nile, rabies, sleeping sickness. But uh, the respiratory crud comes into an IgA system that is inhaled. It's not injected or, or poked with a, with a biting fly or mosquito like the other diseases are. So this is inhaled. So we're turning on the IgA system, and that's why the intranasal influenza works. So I would recommend that before we ship a horse, uh, uh, four to seven days before they're ready to go, give them an intranasal flu. There's almost no side effects to that downside. Okay. And so that'll that'll cover that that'll cover us. There's two or three companies that are making them. You can get that get those through your veterinarian. 
I really I think too buy- that there are probably a lot more humans that would take a vaccine if it went up their nose as opposed to in their arm. <laughs> they have. I know I would. Have, I talked. I talked. I talked to a, a, an epidemiologist that's an MD a few years ago, and we were talking about that. And apparently, they have had an intranasal flu vaccine for people. But uh, for one reason or another, it, it's 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 not available anymore. So I don't know if it doesn't work or or what. But uh, that's that. It's just it's really interesting when we consider the uh, the way that we are trying to help the immune system in fighting diseases. Okay, so the I've got intranasal flu down. What's next? The, the the other thing which which I when I when I tell clients this, I get some pushback from this. Uh, and I, I kind of understand why, but with my personal horses, I never ask them to stand in a trailer for more than four hours at a run. And there's, there's reasons for that. Uh, the, the big reason again is the respiratory crud. And so if we will get these horses out of the trailer at four hour intervals, they can put their head down and they will cough. I, I've never had one that I, that I didn't get out of the trailer and they put their head down and cough. And this is the body's own defense mechanism for getting rid of a bunch of the stuff that's accumulating in there while they're sitting in that trailer. And I think just getting them out, letting them pee outside the trailer. I mean, it's just, it's just a matter of just comfort. I mean, who, you know, man, when I have to be on the airplane for four hours, I'm nuts. You know, I mean, I need to get out and move around. And so when we're driving, we will typically not stay in our truck or our car for more than four hours at a sitting. So why do we expect our horses to do that? So, I, th- I think we can really reduce the levels or the incidence of respiratory crud if we get them out, let them drop their head and cough, pee outside the trailer, walk around grazing the bar ditch. I generally carry a Coleman stove with me. I'll just get my horses out, tie them to the fence alongside the road, make me a pot of coffee, and then down the road we go again. Okay, you we're not what? encouraging all horses to do that. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, you say you get pushback. It's because most people don't have horses that can stand tied to a fence next to a road. Well, <laughs> I I don't even know how to answer that. No, I, 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 let's just not. Let's just move on from that one. No, I always well, say, no. like, you know, people always wonder, do I take the horse out? I'm like, no, because you might not get it back in. But if you're Dr. Siemens and you have magic, you know, fingers magic, and you can. Magic yeah. unicorn horses. Yeah. And drugs. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no it's not not the horses. And it's not enough the drugs. I, I never drug a horse for a trailer ride. And we, that's I a whole know. other topic. But but here's, here's the deal is, is that. I I would I have never had a horse that I couldn't load and unload with ease. And they didn't all start that way, but we worked with them and showed them that it's it's a safe environment. And and so I just I, I really don't understand people that are that worried about hauling their horse that they don't want to unload them from the trailer. We may may want to have. Uh, have a whole other discussion about this. I don't think that was the. Po- I don't think that was the argument. I think the argument was unloading them by the road. Which yeah, is, I think it, that's, well, that, that's tough for me. I I always thought like you know it, to, at least stand still twenty minutes. Give them twenty minutes every you know two hours just to stand still. But I also don't haul horses with their heads tied. I've made my four horse into a two box stall trailer. You know, yep. uh, and and yep. I always say. 
for these horses that do haul long distances, if you're hiring Creech or Bob Hubbard, they're not going to take your horse out every four hours, but buy a box no, stall, not. you know, where they yeah. have a straw up to their elbows and it's an, an yeah. air ride tractor trailer. And it's more of a comfort ride as opposed to a stressful, you know, standing ride. That's, you're, you're exactly right. That, that, that's a whole nother deal. But just just your average three horse or four horse slant that people are dragging up and down the road to the to the rodeos, and and you know your point about next to the road is well taken. But if you if you look, you don't have to just stay on the interstate. You can get off and and just drive off, you know, half a mile, and you can find a place to turn out. I mean, it's just it's if you think about it, and if you try, it is not that difficult. I I okay, so, I'm going to come back at you again on that one. Not that I'm picking on you today, but. Yeah, you should. You're following the camping people too, who who just live in the West. You can't do that on the East Coast. You'll get shot. Um, so <laughs> you have all that wide open place where you can find a place to pull off. If you pull off anywhere on the East Coast, you're in somebody's yard. Uh oh, did we lose? Okay, him? No, oh, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm. You could, you could hear the rusty wheels turning in my walnut side <laughs> brain. I was actually. <laughs> Was actually thinking for just a second, uh, <laughs> but they don't. They don't have truck stops on the East Coast. Again, you're at a truck stop with lots of traffic. I, we're, I'm not picking on you. I'm just giving the other side, playing devil's advocate here a you little know, bit about Glenn, that. Okay, we call Doctor Siemens to get what he does. That's so true. it doesn't matter what you do. He is. Well, then I have another controversial one for you. <laughs> Why not? It's lay, that kind of lay, day. Lay it on me. Boots, it shipping me. boots, and wraps, or no shipping boots or wraps. That is a very interesting question. Uh, and my wife and I have had some frank discussions about certain aspects of grooming horses that I think may interfere with their overall well-being. Trimming guard hairs around eyes and nostrils is one of them. They can't really see the end of their nose, so those guard hairs are really important. Those tactile hairs are important there so they know where their face is. Yes, amen. And I'm, I'm convinced that if we put chipping boots and wraps on these horses... They have they have a difficult time feeling their feet, and so I think, and I can't prove this, but this is just my opinion. I think that 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 first off, support wraps are only going to weaken tendons, and so they're never a good idea. The protective boots, the shipping boots, and all that—I don't really care one way or the other about that. I don't do it with my personal horses because my my theory, my thought, my opinion is is that they interfere with the ability of the horse to feel where his feet are. And perhaps they will wind up with more injuries from that. Now I've, now, I've had a few horses, a few client horses that would scramble in the trailer and, and hurt themselves because of that. That's a whole nother set of problems that you got there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That changing that over to, to a box type stall situation where they can find their balancing spot, they can put their head down. That will stop most of these horses from scrambling. But uh, as far as is that going to protect, I don't think it will. You know, one thing that gets me, Dr. Siemens, too, is I I used to rap all the time. And then I moved to Arizona and I'm like, they will. And it is too hot to put wraps around some tendons. I mean, just the simple fact of overheating tendons and and everything is scares me. Yes. You may protect against a laceration, but again, you've got to decide what is best for your horse at the time. Do you have one that's going to scramble around and be a nightmare or do you have one that's going to stand there nicely? So I think it depends on that. What is your opinion on, and I know this is another hot button for you. Like say we're going to ship a horse to Rhode Island 
is Gastrogard during that trip going to do anything to help the horse with like an overproduction of acid? Well, I, for, for me, what I would rather do is just hang a hay bag in that, in that horse's stall. Uh, we know that the salivary buffers will elevate the natural salivary buffers that are in the horse's mouth. They get released when he's chewing. And, uh, and those will elevate the pH to a safe level. It's got the, the, I think the benchmark on that is above a pH of about four will, will be considered protective. And that's all the gastro drive is going to do anyway. And so, gotcha. I, you know, I, I think, I think you're better off. And even, you know, this spills over into another topic, but even when I'm treating patients that, that are EGUS, equine gastroesophageal ulcer syndrome for short, Mm-hmm. Uh, even 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 my patients, uh, they're not on gastroguard for very long. Uh, there's there's reasons to do it, and then there's reasons not to do that. And we know now that long term use of that stuff is probably not in the horse's best interest. Uh, I, <laughs> beside the point that it's not cheap, uh, but I have I have much better luck on just having horses that are eating from the hay bag. Uh, I, I think, and that gives the horse something to do, makes the trip more pleasant because they're munching away. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't like to have snacks on a road trip, you know? <laughs> that is a simple way to put it. They just like snacks on a road trip. Guess what? I do too. So it works out for all of us. Um, as far as offering water, you know, if you leave a bucket in there, it's going to splash around a big mess and puddles and stuff. Do you take water from home? Do you offer it along the road? How often? What's the deal with that? I generally, I've got a one of those little uh, five gallon jerry cans you can get at uh, any one of a number of different sporting goods stores, and uh, I generally haul water with me just on the odd chance that I'm in a place where I don't have ready access to water. Uh, the good news about water and horses is that they have a reserve around the uh, the bed of blood vessels around their gut is called the splanchnic bed, and they have about a ten percent reserve around there. Whereas humans only have about a 2% reserve. And so I know people that go to some exhaustive lengths to try to get these horses to drink. And the bottom line is, when he's thirsty, he'll drink. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter where the water comes from. And you can put apple cider vinegar, Kool-Aid or Gatorade or whatever you want to put in it. But the bottom line is, let him, you know, offer him some water. I don't leave the water bucket hanging because it just makes a mess. But again, you know, I, I unload my horses and I offer them something to drink. And it's funny, the pain horse that I'm riding, I ride that something for 10 hours and he, he just will absolutely not drink water. And this little buskin filly that we're ponying with us now, uh, you know, she, she, every time we cross a creek, she wants to take a sip. You know, she's kind of like wine tasting for her. You know what I mean? She just takes <laughs> a little bit all the time. So I just, it's individual variation. We've got to remember that they have some reserves there and, uh, I don't get too worried about these horses not drinking. Wow. So basically, I just need to calm down is what you're saying. Take a big, big deep breath and just enjoy the ride. And, I, you know, I, I hadn't, Glenn, I'm so thankful that you brought that up about about some logistical challenges on the East Coast. Uh, and I, I truly never thought of that because I've, I've been out here in the West my whole dang life. So well, you know, I? the reason that came up is because uh, we watch a lot of RV stuff because uh, we have one now. Yeah. So we watch a lot of RC stuff and everybody in the West is so used to pulling off in the game lands and parking for a night. You know, there's just nowhere you can do that on the East Coast, right? It's just not something that happens. It's a whole different world. Yeah. Yep. I hear you. Yeah. 
but I, you know, I guess, I guess if I were in, we're, and we're fixing to be in that situation. We're in the process of buying a living quarters trailer and we're going to go on a, a national t- uh, uh, book tour when the book comes out this next summer. So we're going to, we're going to take our horses and we're going to try to go to all 48 of the lower states where they have horse friendly. Uh, well, uh, when you get to, Ocala, <laughs> when you get to Oklahoma and Ocala, you have a place to go. You're just too kind of me. <laughs> yeah, we're so I will probably have a whole different outlook on life about about shipping horses when I get to the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, I'm not taking these damn things out again. Come on, suck it up. Get, get going. Well, Doctor yeah. Siemens, that I'm, every I'm four hour gonna... thing's going to go to twelve. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just about to ask you about the book. So it's coming out next summer. This is the second go round. Tell everybody about it. Yes, it's called it's called Never Trust a Sneaky Pony and Other Things They Did Not Teach Me in Vet School. <laughs> and you can go pre-order that probably, but your website that has a lot of great photos and information is cornerstoneequinevet.com. And there's just one E in between Cornerstone and Equine. So cornerstoneequinevet.com. And uh, you can find out more there and get in touch with you and find out all about your books and pick your brain. Thanks so much, y'all. Thanks so much for calling me. I always enjoy talking with y'all. Well, we'll have you on again soon if you haven't gotten too mad. Yeah, at I think, he's, I think he's sick of us now and he's like, oh, I'm like <laughs> <laughs> no, I really look forward to this. This is always so much fun with you guys. And I, and you always, you always have some very, very thought provoking types of insights and, uh, that's how I learn, and I appreciate that very much. But you know, Doctor Siemens, you're one of the few veterinarians we have on here that we know well enough that we can come back at you like that and have a discussion. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, it's like uh, we this first time we're talking to the person. It, it, that's why we like having you on because we can have. It's more of a discussion, right, than than a lecture. <laughs> so, well, no, it, no, but it it should be okay, and I and I I can tell you. I, you know, I write for this horse vet corner. You know, I do a blog on those for those guys, and I learn so much from those questions. And it, and it, and if 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 my life became a lecture, I would not have improved in my ability since 1985. I mean, you know, what's the point? And so that's I just I just love getting that type of feedback and those kinds of things that somebody will say, well, why? And I, I don't know. I've always done it that way. Now that you mention it. Dang, maybe we ought to rethink this. So I just I love talking to you guys and, and, and my clients in general because they challenge me and that's that's the way it ought to be. You know what? I don't think anybody has ever used thought provoking to Glenn ever. <laughs> it's just thinking and that. So, <laughs> pro- pro- provo- provoking, provoking, but not thought provoking. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, Glenn, I will send you a picture of Dr. Siemens and I together because we got to use for the show notes picture okay, today yeah. because we got to hang out at Monty's place in California, which was the movement. It was just life changing. So I'll send you that. It was and- pretty fun. Doc, I love you. Mean it. Give your wife a big hug from us and thank you so much. Well, do there. You're not coming to Nashville here in another month for the AAAT, right? Uh, no, they won't let me in there. Uh, oh, they not. should. Oh, they should. Oh, they should. <laughs> you guys should. You guys. Should, you guys should set up a booth there. But I get to. I get to. They have a, a the day before the big meeting starts, uh, which is always on Saturday. They have a student session, and so uh, we get to play with baby vets during the student session, and then I get such a charge out of uh, working with those young people. They're just on fire. They were so smart and just so so willing to learn. So if you guys ever get a chance to get there, uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. It's really fun. I would love that. I would love that. 
Well, thanks, Dr. Siemens. Have a great day. We love you and uh, love you, mean it. Bye, Dr. Siemens. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. And that wraps it up for today. This is Coach Jen. I will be back again soon with another tip. Until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show. <laughs>